This is Star Wars Rebels Alert, the weekly podcast after show where we recap and discuss each and every episode of Star Wars Rebels Season 3. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And we're back after a two-week hiatus. An unexpected two-week hiatus. Yeah, it feels like a long time. Yeah, yeah. it does. We have to apologize for not having a show na- last week, guys. We thought there was going to be an episode. Mm-hmm. We didn't really look into it maybe as well as we should have. <laughs> and it turns out there wasn't one. And we didn't have time to come up with an episode to fill in like we did with the Ahsoka review. So hopefully next time when there is a hiatus, we have a little bit of Star Wars substance we can kind of shoehorn into the Star Wars Rebels Alert time slot here and just give you guys a little bit more Star Wars. Yeah, right. Feed that hunger. Yes, exactly. And looks like going forward, we do have, including this week, four straight weeks of Star Wars Rebels. Awesome. We're getting lots of episodes here running into the December time frame. I'm not sure if they're doing a winter break or not, but probably. Probably, yeah. So we'll try to fill some content in there with the hiatus episodes that we do have. Because us here at Star Wars Rebels Alert, we're huge Star Wars fans. We love talking Star Wars and we love discussing it with the listeners. That's right. I mean, who knows? Maybe we could even do a Rogue One review because it'll tie right into a Rogue One there, right? Oh, it's yeah. going to be, it's so close. It's so close. Yeah. Rogue One is on the horizon oh. here. And I just cannot wait for this movie. I've, I've stayed away from the trailers, like yep. I've always said. I can't wait to experience this and I can't wait to hear what you guys have to think of it. Yeah, I can't wait. And right now, you know, killing um, the Catalyst book. Yes. Diving right into that. So, uh, yeah, it's been great. Book after book. We've just done Ahsoka and now Catalyst. Yes, and we're going to be discussing Catalyst and all of our thoughts going into Rogue One on our other podcast that drops every Thursday, just before Rogue One drops in December here. So we're going to be going through the preamble to Rogue One and discussing the Catalyst book Get into that book. It's fantastic. It's very detailed and very in-depth on particular characters like Krennic, Galen Erso. Yes. And it describes a lot. It, it's, it, the setting is Clone Wars time era, just to give you an idea where it sits. Mm-hmm. It's not butt up right against Rogue One. I don't think it's going to be heavy spoilers, but no. it's going to give you a lot of background of the characters going into Rogue One. It might make the experience a bit more... Uh, impactful. Yeah. And I mean, and the author too, right? Uh, James Lucino. I think he's, he's a pretty good character writer. He's done uh, Plagueis, yep. I believe. And I think he did Tarkin yep. as well. So yeah, it's a great read. Pick it up and pick up those two books too. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. So shall we get into... Yes, dive into it. So, Iron Squadron. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this title coming into it? Because it's completely different than I thought yeah, it was going to be. Yeah. You know, I don't really know. I mean, going off this title, I didn't really have much, but... um. Just the the ads and the promotion, I thought it was going to be a very um, Thrawn-centric episode. Yes. Right? But I, going off the title alone, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. yeah. I stayed away from the slight previews that we got. I did okay. see the poster that had Thrawn on it saying yes. he's coming, and I was super excited. I see Iron Squadron. Yeah. I either think a Marvel crossover, <laughs> <laughs> or actually what I thought was some sort of beefed-up Imperial Stormtrooper, something oh, different again. And right. I was like, this is going to be Thrawn's squadron. Oh, oh, that sounds good. His elite wow. task force or something like yeah. that. Similar to how Krennic has the Death Troopers. Mm-hmm. Iron Squadron was going to be Thrawn's task force. That's awesome. Didn't really turn out to be that. Iron no. Squadron was a slight disappointment on the characters themselves. Yeah, yeah. We don't like to project negativity here on Star Wars Rebels <laughs> Alert and about anything Star Wars. Yeah. But this episode is, again, teetering on the edge of being a filler. And we yeah. discussed last time two weeks ago about super imperial commandos yes and how we thought okay they're coming off a hiatus they needed something big a big episode and they didn't really produce no. that and i was expecting that here at throne we're coming off another short hiatus you need to amp us up here you know we're, we're craving the jedi story yeah. maul Thrawn, all that i was really looking for them to produce something that got me on the edge of my seat here yeah i completely agree and this this one fell a little short for me. Yeah, this this is the this fell short for me big time. This is probably the weakest Star Wars 
animated show I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, going back to even Clone Wars, I've had episodes of um, Jar Jar Binks even that have been better received, in my opinion, than this episode. That's yeah. interesting. We'll, yeah. we'll get into that towards okay. the end a little more here. And yeah. we're going to discuss just basically the premise here. It's yes. a very short episode, mm-hmm. not a lot of character development. The arc isn't very big. No. So, but I have to say this is a little better received for me than the previous yes. episode. And I think maybe that has to do with my depth and knowledge of the Mandalorian culture, the lore there. It's okay. like, I yeah. just didn't get everything that was going right. on. And that's my own fault, really. <laughs> like, I haven't watched Clone Wars. I didn't, haven't read a lot of the Mandalorian stuff, mm-hmm. even from the Legends line. Okay, yeah. So I think I felt myself a little lost, a little disconnected from some of the characters, where here mm-hmm. I felt I was reconnected into Thrawn and the actual story, although it's not really progressing <laughs> much in the episode. Yeah. So the basic premise here is Phoenix Squadron is sent to evacuate rebel sympathizers from the planet Mycopo. And there does appear to be a resistance building there led by this Iron Squadron, mm-hmm. who we're unaware of until we actually encounter them yeah. when the rebels show up, when Phoenix Squadron shows up to, to do the evacuation. Right. And the first thing that you see here when we do arrive is, you know, beautiful landscapes. I love these splash pages. We see it every single Yeah, episode. but just keep doing such a great job. Yes. Yeah. But it's this introduction with this YT-2400 freighter. Right. Which is a very interesting call-out by Hera because this freighter is Dash Rendar's ship. Yes. Or at least class of ship, the Corellian class of mm-hmm. ship from... Shadows, Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, Shadows of the Empire. Yes. So I'm thinking this, Troy's thinking this, oh, you, yeah. you hear a young voice in there and we're thinking, oh, here it is. Right. Dash Render oh, is showing up mm. in this episode. Biggest tease. <laughs> <laughs> They're pulling on a lot of strings there, I felt, too, to, for new viewers, for people that were familiar with the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. It looks a lot like the Millennium Falcon. Yep. The Millennium Falcon is a YT-1300 freighter, so slightly different, both Corellian ships, though. Some of the cockpit, the, the maneuverability <laughs> of the aircraft, or the, of the spacecraft. Yep. And even when he does successfully launch that cargo into the ship, yeah. and he gives that yell, I'm thinking, holy, they're really trying to tug on Han Solo here. Yeah, and that's what I thought for the first two seconds until going back to season one, or season, I think season one when we saw Lando. And, yep. I, and Lando's age matched up, so I was like, well, maybe it won't be Han. So I right away I thought Dash Rendo right after. So yeah. a little disappointing a little there. Disappointed. Would have been nice to see them use it. Like, how yeah. big, like, would you have been oh. just, like, out of your seat? Oh, I would have lost my mind. Because yeah. if, you, if you guys listen to this show or even going back to uh, the Nerd Room, yeah. I talk about Revan a lot and I bring up Dash Render. Those are my two guys from uh, non-canon that yeah. I love. So if I saw Dash Render show up here, I would have just, oh, man, lost it. And it seems like a character that they could bring into this, It'd I think, perfect. right? Like, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with potentially this character after if they need a Han Solo type character in the Force Awakens era mm-hmm. or what they're going to do with this because this is yeah. a fan favorite that they could have leveraged in this series the same way they're leveraging the Legend series right with Thrawn and all that yeah and I think this would have been a good place to kind of dump him in I think the kid's a little young yeah for for Dash Render and I think yeah. he was for me he was even a little young for what he was doing yeah, the whole yeah. squad. It's kind of made me wonder how they got so far. <laughs> yeah, so the leader of this Iron Squadron is Martin. Now, he's the nephew of Commander Sato. Yes. Which is someone we're quite familiar with for, mm-hmm. as the leader of Phoenix Cell. Right. So it's a nice tie there. That was good. And these these other two, you were talking about the species of the of the one of the one girl there. Yeah, that's right. So the other girl there, her species, I don't believe we've seen her species since um, non-canon... Knights of the Republic game, the part one, she's a pretty cool character that we came across. We could either make her a Sith or you could kill her. And I haven't seen her species since that video game. So to bring her back 
or her species back in this show was cool. So we got two cool callbacks from non-canon properties, right? Yeah, that's a nice touch. I yeah, like that. I loved like it. that. And these kids are very naive, very stubborn, because <laughs> yeah. we do see the ghost crew attempting to rescue them, right? Yeah. They're, they're more brave than they are smart, because they're going <laughs> head-on at the Empire here. And yeah. one of the common themes that we do see through this with Mart is this, this idea of escalation. He always yeah. thinks every ship that he's going up against is a Star Destroyer. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of like that aspect It's of funny, it. yeah. What did you think of the, the three of them, though? Honestly, I felt like it was... Uh... An episode of Scooby Doo, or you know, little rascals going on. I just, I just couldn't wrap my brain around the fact that these kids have taken out some sort of Imperials, at least it seems, yeah. and and how they've gone so far, and and I just didn't get their mindset of how they thought they could take out more and more Imperial guards. So it's just a weird kind of cast of characters that took me out of the Star Wars. It, you know, it just it didn't yeah. feel like Star Wars for me. It felt Disney. It felt very Disney, and I, I, I have to take a step back sometimes to be like, you know what, this is a kid's show. It is on Disney XD, so I do get that, right? I yeah. mean, but uh, it, it just felt mishandled. Yeah. yeah. Fully agree. I had to do that exact same yeah. thing at the end. I had to, this is a cartoon. This isn't really, we're really not the audience that they're they're trying to capture, yeah. but we are kind of. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird balance that they have to take here in their approach at developing these episodes. Mm-hmm. They have to keep the kids engaged, yes. the young people engaged, but as big Star Wars fans, and they know this too, that yeah. we are the people that are also watching this. So we're watching this with our kids. Sometimes we're watching it on our own on a Sunday morning, Sunday like myself. Morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so martial law is declared on my capo by Commander Constantine as he's discussing with... Thrawn. Yeah. Thrawn is back in this episode. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking about his presence here? Short and sweet. Yes. Yeah. Short and sweet. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. liked it. I find myself anticipating his return almost every single week. Yeah. And I'm getting to the point now where we need a little more substance behind Thrawn. We have mm-hmm. that episode where we explored a bit of Hera's backstory. Yes. Where we did get more substance behind Thrawn. And I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. You do see a little bit about that here about him putting Commander Constantine out there and almost intimidating him into going into battle. Right. And you do see Commander Constantine almost undermining him when he says that... Thrawn has overestimated the power of these rebels, and yeah. then he ends up getting his ass kicked towards the end, right? <laughs> and so it's interesting, again, to see them developing this idea of the master tactician of Thrawn. He understands the threat of the rebels, where the other Imperial commanders don't. Yes. But I need a little more Thrawn. Like, they, we can't just keep having him showing up in little episodes. Maybe it needs a back-to-back, an hour-long episode to really progress a bit more of the story with Thrawn. Yeah, I'm thinking so, especially because we've had, you know, this hiatus, and I've gone through, well, not completely two books but i've done ahsoka i'm now on catalyst and these are high volume books and to come back into this show now with the tone they've set already with the first couple episodes i'm just like man this is kind of lacking and i need to pick it up at least with the plot line with with maul yeah or give us more thrawn at least right well exactly yeah because i've done the same thing i've done ahsoka lost stars and into catalyst yeah and like you said these are huge books Mm -hmm. a lot of content and we just need a little more substance here i know we're stretched out here over i think 22 24 episodes that's true so there's a lot of things to get through here and i'm gonna throw the term filler episode we're gonna need some of these at at, at some point in time yeah i just like to see them broken up a bit more because i feel like we're we're just slowing down the pace here we ramped up really hard at the start little lull and then we picked it up again with some really good backstories the rex episode was fantastic but here i feel like we're kind of treading water a bit Definitely, yeah. And we're not really progressing the arc or any of the, the characters here in this, in well, this yeah, episode. Well, yeah, there's and, minimal character development and story, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. really missing Zeb, too. I feel like he has not been focused on at yeah. all in the season. Yeah, we, we're lacking Zeb and uh, Kanan. Yeah. Um, I did like, 
I would jump a little forward here, but I really do like Zeb's look he gave the kids at yeah, the end there. Yeah. Was, as I was on the same page yeah. with him, I was like, Where, where's the discipline here? These guys. <laughs> yeah, why are they celebrating these guys. Yeah. <laughs> so the rebels do effectively evacuate all of the rebel sympathizers from Mycopo. They complete their mission, mm-hmm. but Mart, again, sticks himself in a situation where he's being selfish here. Yeah. He, he sacrifices what could be an effective escape and gets caught more or less, or at yeah. least puts himself in a position where he becomes bait for the rebels, particularly Ghost Squadron, to come right. back and rescue. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get, again, another interaction of Thrawn and the Ghost Crew. And mm-hmm. so he seems to be really focusing in on the Ghost Crew themselves and trying to understand them a bit more. But I do like this face-off. That's a triple Star Destroyer coming out of hyperspace. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful animation there. Yeah, that was incredible, that scene. Yeah, really good. And it's... The end here, It's it's... There's nothing really major here like there's no. i really like the interaction with chopper and the other r3 unit that was yeah one that, of the that best, was cool best parts of yeah. the episode and i i like them always bickering i always got this feeling that droids in the stars universe particularly the astromechs are just they're always kind of dicks right yeah <laughs> they yeah. don't really like don't each other yeah. <laughs> they're slightly racist towards you know other, right. other units and that <laughs> yeah. you see chopper pushing them off into, like I really like that aspect. Yeah, they that's really good. play with that. And the fact that they can just use, you know, beeps and sounds and all that and yes. really convey emotion with these guys. Yeah. I love it. They've been doing it for since episode four. That's but right. But I just love how they're It never gets song. old. No, right? it never yeah, does. And yeah. every time you see an astromech unit, you think, oh, they're just you know, doing an R2 type thing. But yeah. these things have their own personalities. Yeah, they when they do. When this show started, I was like, ah, oh, it's Chopper's just another R2 unit. Yeah. Or, not an R2 unit, but another astromech unit. Mm-hmm. And but they've really developed this into a character itself, right? Yeah, they've been doing it slowly because I don't I don't think initially, at least in the first season, Chopper kicked off as much as people anticipated. Yeah, I think BB-8 really stole the show. Yes, right. He did. But but the last two seasons, he's been you know uh, developing quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah, true. With BB-8, the, the fact that they've been able to develop numerous astromech droids yeah. into their own characters yeah. over a series of, of TV shows and films and all that, yep. it's really a testament to what they can do with a characterization of something that's more or less just an inanimate object. Well, yeah. they, they're they're sentient to a degree, they yeah. understand and all that, but it's different than a human interaction, right? That is. And, and speaking of droids, uh, going back to season two, I hope they bring back that one droid that they encountered. Remember? Oh, yeah. He was a, what, what kind of droid would that be? I don't I know the exact name, but I really head. like that droid. Yeah. And we haven't seen him at all this season. No. But it'd be really cool if they brought him back. It's Chopper's buddy. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember his name. But yeah, yeah. you're right. That'd yeah. be cool. So for you guys out there listening, uh, yeah, you know, write down in the comment what his name is, because yeah. I, I can't remember what the guy's name is. Yeah. Thrawn's theme here is strung every through every one of his scenes, and I know we've mentioned this numerous times, but I absolutely love the subtlety of it, especially when the triple Star Shores show up yeah. towards the end here. And it's just before it cuts a commercial break, at least on my recording, oh, yeah. you do get a little subtle Thrawn theme there. Oh, beautifully done. And then we get a, a small little skirmish between Thrawn's forces and the ghost crew here. We do see Commander Sato show up. Yes. What did you think of Sato, uh, Sato and uh, Thrawn's encounter there? There's something going on. Yes, it yeah. seems like they know each other from Yeah, or well, they've heard, from, heard about yes, each other before, right? there's something there until we meet again. And yeah. there was that interaction was interesting because it was lingered on a bit. And the fact that Thrawn was actually trying to bait him yeah. means that either he knows he's of some importance to the rebellion or they do have some sort of history together. That's right. Because I don't, I can't quite remember his, his backstory, but... Mm. I'd really like to see that explored a little more. For sure. Um, you know, maybe he'll pop up in Thrawn's 
book. Yeah, because Thrawn's book is going to take place before this. Yes, it's going to show his rise to awesome. essentially rebels. So we could see him show up in that book yeah. then. So maybe they've cool. had some interaction in the past. Mm-hmm. So that'd be really cool. Yep. The end of this episode, very reminiscent of another episode that we've seen where Thrawn lets the ghost crew go. He yeah. has them in his sights yeah. and lets them go. This this constant theme of Thrawn just playing the long yeah. game. I think this would have been time... And no one likes to see kids get killed. Maybe, right. you know, amping up the age of these guys a little more. But sacrificing this small Iron Squadron yeah. might have been a good route to go to show how relentless and powerful Thrawn is. Because when he was first introduced, there was a comment from one of the officers that said civilian casualties were really high. Mm-hmm. And then Thrawn or the, or the commander answers with, but there's no rebels there anymore. So it shows that he's a relentless person when yeah. he is chasing down a goal. Yes. So the fact that he didn't take this opportunity to effectively destroy mm-hmm. this Iron Squadron and really affect Commander mm-hmm. Sato, I, I think this would have been a better way to go. Again, this is another point I had to remind myself. This is a kid show. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, is this uh, Iron, Iron Squadron going to like serve a bigger purpose? Because I don't understand, besides the fact of the kids, why won't you just eliminate them? Because yeah. nobody has any ties to these characters. No. Or why not take out Sato unless you have bigger plans for him as well? Because... I think we're getting to a point where like somebody kind of needs to you know disappear yeah. in this show. So uh, yeah, I kind of feel like that is a wasted opportunity. Yeah, introduce yeah. these kids. No one's really attached to them. Yeah. You could have had them a bit older in their twenties or something. So right. it wasn't as a, an emotional thing to see kids actually being killed mm-hmm. or projecting that from Thrawn. Right. But I think this would have been a good opportunity to do something like that, and that would have had impact later on with, with Commander Sato as well. Right? Mm-hmm. His nephew was killed when he didn't go and save him, when he couldn't go and save him, Exactly. Right? Or, or at least have Thorne, you know, capture somebody because yeah. we already saw him, like you said, um, kind of bring someone in and then let them go. Yeah. Um, I know he's in for the long game, but I need a little bit more, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and that's how the episode more or less ends. So Yeah, and then they're, you know, celebrating the, yeah, the three kids. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, like nothing happened. I, yeah. I, I don't uh, understand that. No, this is a, <laughs> another episode where they're, they're building the rebellion, but these are the right characters to build the rebellion yeah i don't think no like, definitely not this, yeah like you said had a real disney or like i said had a real disney vibe yeah it just wasn't exactly my star wars universe but i have to remember that my star wars universe is different from other people's right <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just if you look at the recruits that they've had right going from a wedge Hobby, and his buddy yeah. yeah and all those guys and that droid that i mentioned all these other characters that actually bring carry weight yeah. to the rebels and then you you pick up these three kids these ragtags yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to show up I really don't see them being a big part of the story going forward yeah. we may see them in some sort of A-wing squadron or right. something like that mm-hmm. but I don't really see them having an impact on the overall development of the major arcs no. in this season at mm-hmm. all overall what did you think? Uh, yeah big letdown for me yeah. this, uh, this, this didn't uh Feed my appetite for Star Wars much here, um, but I, you know, I always look forward to the show. It's, it's, I, I love the show. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see what they they do. I didn't check the previews for the next episodes, so um, I'm out of the loop there. But um, yeah, it's it kind of a fail for me. But I can't wait to see going forward with the show. Yeah. Yep. I have to say that I was a little more engaged with this episode yep. than maybe most. I really liked the inclusion of the YT-2400 yes. and the, what could have been a Dash Rendar tease, but <sighs> turned out not to be. Yeah. I always like the inclusion of Thrawn. I'm always anticipating his presence in the show. Mm-hmm. A little bit more on the character development would have been nice, but you know, I say this every time when we get to a filler-type episode that they need to come off this in a big way next time. We need to have a big episode or at least starting 
to develop a bit more of the Jedi arc. I'm craving that a bit more. Yeah, now, yeah. They got to bring out the big guns next episode, yeah. right? We've gotten the Bendu, we've got Maul stuff, we've got Thrawn stuff. Yeah, uh, Champs and Dulles showed up here. You know, and, and maybe we'll get Saw Gerrera. Hopefully, right? yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Something just before. <laughs> The before Rogue One would be great if Sajerera yeah. just showed back up. I would absolutely just lose my mind. Yeah, especially you know even with the announcement of the Darth Maul comic too. I'm yeah, kind of hoping we get some more Maul action, yeah. right? Yeah. What about an inclusion of Krennic? Because we know Krennic is present in what is the Republic and eventually the Empire in the Clone Wars era. Yeah. So he's about thirty in that book. Yeah. So he's going to be a good age to be in Rebels. Here he does have some of that same allure that Thrawn does. He really in this does. Book. So look out for that a bit. If you are reading Catalyst, there's some subtleties about that character that are very Thrawn-esque. Yeah. I would say that if Thrawn wasn't present in the new canon, that would have been a character that they're taking a lot of cues from and projecting that into Krennic. But I'm happy that we have both of them. Yeah. Especially Thrawn. Look out for that character going forward. It'd be great if they included and did a small little tie episode to Rogue One. Right. Even just seeding some of these characters we're going to see some of the droids yeah. or if we got or so even yeah, yeah. or so yeah. or k2so or something oh, like that yeah. maybe not that character but that droid showing up mm-hmm. donnie yen's character <sighs> yeah it'd be fantastic yeah. stuff so that about wraps it up for us here at star wars rebels alert it was it was a good episode yeah. not a great episode not the not the best but hey yeah. it's good to be back talking star wars here yes. right I've, I've missed it absolutely yeah. loving it. it felt like a long time it has if you'd like to get a hold of us you can always grab us on twitter at sw rebels alert or on email at swrebelsalert at gmail.com. We're looking, again, to build this community. If you guys love discussing Star Wars, you know we do. We'd love to hear your comments. We'd love to hear your questions. Just fire them over to us. We'll talk about it a bit on the show and have a little bit of conversation around Star Wars Rebels. It's a great series to discuss around. And also, we're huge fans of the larger Star Wars universe. So we're always down for discussing different aspects, different theories, your thoughts on legends, on canon, whatever. Yeah, let us know your theories, guys. We'd love to discuss them on here and make it a little more broad. And uh, if you want more Star Wars, we're always talking more Star Wars on our um, Nerd Room podcast as well, which airs every Thursday. Yeah, Yeah. so go check us out there. This week, we're going to be talking about all sorts of comic books and... Marvel, DC, yeah, all that new Star Wars stuff. comic book came out too. Actually, I think right, yeah, new Star Wars one, yeah, focused on the troopers, yeah, awesome. So yeah. it's good stuff, good stuff, cool. Check out the comics, check out Catalyst. Already looking like a recommend from us here at Star Wars Rebels Alert. Yeah, we're big fans of the audiobook, so get into that. It's something that I think is going to really add to the experience of Rogue One. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I never did read the Young Leaders book going into Force Awakens. Yeah, that you let me borrow before the Awakening. Yeah, before the Awakening, but. I really think of all books, this is a must-read going into the movie. Yeah, I think it'll help explain some of the aspects that might be a bit more confusing. I think it it deals with the kyber crystals and some of the transition of the plans even from the Separatists to the Republic to the... Like, it's really cool what they're doing here. We don't want to give too much away. Eventually, we're going to discuss this in a little more detail, like I said, on another podcast, The Nerd Room. But... Make sure to tune in next week. We've got three straight weeks here of episodes going to drop for you. Really looking forward to discussing more Star Wars Rebels going forward. And hopefully, just hopefully, we get a little bit more substance going forward here. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Until next week, this is Star Wars Rebels Alert. I'm Tim. I'm Troy. (laughs) 